Anybody like to read? I know it's summer and not school time for some, but uh, it's something about the holidays gives us a little opportunity maybe to read a little extra when you're not able to during a normal week together. Who are some of your favorite authors? Michael Palmer. I like David. Others? Dean Kuntz. Kuntz, all right. So let me take you back a few years. 40 to be exact. Pat Conroy? You remember Pat Conroy? What are some of the books that Pat Conroy wrote? Prince of Tides? Beach Music? Great Santini? The Water is Wide? And then The Lords of Discipline. I heard somebody say it. I want to talk about The Lords of Discipline for just a minute this morning. Pat Conroy, in his book, The Lords of Discipline, this portrays the life of a cadet at the Carolina Military Institute in gut-wrenching detail. Now, it's a fictitious book, but it's known of his own life at the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina, that he seems to portray perhaps some of his own memories or events that took place there. The exposure to discipline at every turn and adherence to the honor code dominated the daily life of every cadet. If a cadet violated the honor code and then was found guilty by the honor court, they were subject to the walk of shame. The walk of shame is when the cadets dressed up in uniform, lined up in two lines facing each other, and the guilty cadet would walk between the two lines and tell each cadet to turn. As they turned, their backs were on the cadet until he got to the end of the line, which faced the exit gate of the institute, which was open. And his name was never to be mentioned again, and he was never to return again. Thank goodness. When we violate the code that God has given us, that we don't have to walk the walk of shame. Neither are we left to fend for ourselves, or nor is our name erased from existence. But God's grace and God's mercy abounds for all. But we know there's much more to life than just following commands. It all begins with the walk of faith. Today, we're going to explore one of those walks. Probably one of the first walks of faith, at least that's recorded. Abram's walk of faith. We know him as Abraham. As God called Abram to leave his family's homeland, to leave his possessions, to leave his culture, to leave a place of familiarity and comfort, and to follow him. So let's follow the scripture this morning that comes from the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. I hope you'll join me in the Bibles you brought or your devices online. I hope you'll get your Bible. Are there some Bibles in the back there on the black table if you're interested in following with the Scripture? Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, 
and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At, at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham, excuse me, to Abram, and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by stages toward the Negev. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. How would you describe your faith walk today? Is it on fire? Is it cold? Is it lukewarm? Is it active? Is it inactive? Inconsistent? What is it that causes us to grow cold in our relationship with God? What is it that causes us sometimes to break down and violate the code? It's often a moment of weakness. We've all been there. We've all done it, and we're not proud of it. But God gives us a second chance, and we can combat this weakness and keep the fire burning. But how? It's by continuing to take the walk of faith. And Abram today shows us how. Let's look at Abram. Several weeks ago, the Sunday school classes were having a Bible trivia. And on that Bible trivia, one of the questions was asked, who did Abram pay a tithe to? My daughter came home and asked me that and had to search that out to realize who it was. Anybody know? Mekilzadek. That's right. Mekilzadek. Thank you, Jimmy. If you need it, Jimmy's, Jimmy's got the answer usually too, right? After talking about that, I began to think about Abram. And his life began to kind of keep resonating in me of what was his journey like? What was his walk like? What did he have to go through? And began to read again about his journey. John Hook points out that Abram lived by promises, not by command. And what were some of those promises that God made Abram? Look back in the scripture. If you got your Bibles or your devices, look back there. Verses 2, 3, and 4 tell us what some of those promises that God made to Abram. What were some of them? Make you a great nation. Bless him. Say that again. Make your name great. All the nations will be blessed. I'll curse those who curse you. When we live by promises rather than commands, our perspective is different. When we live by promises rather than commands, our perspective is different. Our expectations are different. And the outcome is different. 
When we live by commands, the goal is what? To complete the command or at least not to break it. This method becomes rigid. It's legalistic. It's boring. It doesn't have much life to it. There's little room for discovery and passion and excitement. It's all about the lines, all about staying in between the lines rather than the relationship. When we live by promises, the only line is God's. The future is unlimited. The revelations are numerous. The experiences are exciting. And the relationships are nurturing and fruitful. What will the nation that God starts through me be like? What will the nation that starts through you be like? Think about that question. Is that a fair question to ask? Is that a reasonable question for us to even consider this morning? What will the nation that God starts through you be like? I don't think it's too far-reaching of a question to ask us, no matter what our age. Do you remember how old Abram was? Seventy-five. I guess I'm not going to ask who's... Who's close to that age, right? So you know what age you are. I'm not, I promise. We're never too old to take the walk, to continue the walk, to renew the walk of faith. When we live by promises, our life becomes one of anticipation and expectation of God working through our life. But not only working through our life, impacting the lives of those around us by how he is working through our life. What did Abram have to do to experience these promises? Verse 1, look at verse 1. What did Abram Abram have to do to experience these promises? He had to leave. And where did he go? We don't know. He doesn't know yet. He had to leave his country, his kinfolks, and his father's house to go to a place God had called him to go. More importantly, he has to take the walk of faith. We had several people in the hospital over the past week, and often in going to the hospital, I I try to take the steps, but the elevator is sometimes good to take too. And when you get on it, there's other people on it. And right, confess with me, if somebody's talking on the elevator, it's hard not to listen. I... (laughs) You try not, but it's just hard. And there was a 60-year-old lady and a 40-year-old lady that were both talking on the elevator, concerned about the person, the family member that they were visiting, uncertain of what was going on with them and, and how he was feeling and why he wasn't responding and why the doctors couldn't figure it out, right? You've been there. We wonder. We question. We're concerned. We're worried. Obviously, many times at the hospital offers a conversation of faith whether it's with someone we know from the church or even with those who are there and you don't know their name. Sometimes it even offers an opportunity to share that. And in this occasion, uh, sharing and hearing the conversation and hearing the concern, was able to share just a short hope and promise of God's presence being with them. In the midst of their concern, in the midst of not knowing what was happening with their family member or what might happen with the doctor's diagnosis, was able to share with them a moment of faith and a promise that God was holding on to them and walking with them through this situation. God and Abram 
God in Genesis told Abram to go, to leave everything that is familiar and comfortable with you. And he made a promise that he would be with him on that journey. You know, it's interesting. The scripture doesn't record any resistance from Abram. We don't hear that God gives Abram an option. You know, if you go and if you take this journey, then I'll be with you. I'll bless you. He says, go and I will bless you. Put yourself in Abram's shoes. God says, go. God says, leave family, leave country, leave what you're familiar and go. Would you go? Would you do it? Would you answer that call? Would your faith be strong enough that you pick up your belongings and your family and go with? Remember where they're going? Where are they going? We don't know. To the land that I'll show you. I think that's where it'd probably be the limit for me. <laughs> All right, I'm just being honest with it. Going's one thing. Okay, maybe I can go in faith, but Lord, at least tell me where I'm going. What it's going to be like. Where am I headed and, and what the expectations will be when I get there. But to go to somewhere where you don't know where you're going? But that would be walking in limited faith. That would be shortchanging God and the promises that God's made to Abram and to us. When we hold on to the past, we limit God and we limit the blessings that he has in store for us. God's not the one holding back. It's often us. So often we're afraid to take the walk of faith. We fear we might mess up. We fear we won't make it. We fear, we're, we're scared, and, and we lose and give up control. But it's in these very precise times that God often reveals himself. And how does he reveal himself? By the blessings along the journey. And you know what? God's a God of an endless supply of blessings. But we have to be honest. This picture of Abram is not always just a completely honest one or a one without any troubles or faithful one. If you got your scripture or your device, look at verse 10. Where does Abram go? Egypt. To Egypt. Does God call him to go to Egypt? He goes to Egypt on his own. It's a famine. And he goes to Egypt. And when he's entering Egypt, he's afraid of Pharaoh because of his wife, Sarai. And his dreams or his fear is true. The Pharaoh wants to take Sarah, and, and so he pretends, he lies that it's not his wife, but says that Sarai is his sister. And so Pharaoh takes his sister to be part of his, his kingdom. But then trouble and plagues and disaster strikes the Pharaoh and his family. And he confronts Abram and realizes what has happened. And, and he returns Sarah to Abram. And they continue their journey. I imagine this walk back home from Abram was his walk of shame. But God did not give up on Abram. God did not abandon Abram. His promise was still good. And once again, Abram held onto that promise. And he restored his walk of faith. I'm not sure where many of you are on your own walk of faith. Perhaps you've just started. 
Perhaps you've never started. Perhaps you've taken a stop and a rest. Perhaps the line's kind of crooked or you're just walking sporadically. Perhaps your walk of faith has been abandoned because of a weakness, a challenge, a failure, an uncertainty. We all fall short. We all need restoring. But just as God restored Abram, God waits, perhaps this day, to restore us. His promise for you and me are like those of Abram. He awaits to bless us, recognizing that those blessings might be different and come in different forms or shapes or sizes or realities. But this endless supply of blessings and this amazing God awaits to bless us on the journey. I pray that you will hold on to those promises. And once again, take that walk of faith. And perhaps if needed, to leave the shame behind. Or better yet, offer it up to God. That he might restore it. Perhaps for you though, that you've had a pretty consistent walk of faith. Sometimes the light burns brighter than others, but it's always been there. So perhaps it's God saying, hey, it's time to leave your area of comfort, your place of comfort, and to engage in something that makes you uncomfortable. You're not sure what it is, but God knows. My prayer for you then would be to walk in that direction. And anticipate with excitement the many blessings that perhaps God himself has in store for you along that journey. This story of Abram and Sarai is a story perhaps we've heard as kids. Perhaps we've grown up to hear it, but it's not just a fun story to read. It's a life for each of us to live. Remembering that none of us will be able to walk along the journey without violating the code. But the walk of shame is not the outcome, nor is it the climax, that is, unless we choose not to follow God. So I pray today that you choose to take the walk of faith as Abram did and dream big dreams as people who have gone before us, as we've talked about, have dreamed. And when you go, know that the God of promises awaits with a blessing along the journey which he promises to go with us. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for the journey of faith that you call us to walk, but we're thankful that you call us not to walk alone. Not only do your promises abound, but so do your blessings. Maybe we don't see them as blessings. Maybe they sure don't feel like blessings. But Lord, may the circumstances reveal of how they are your blessing as a result of your promise. So today, Lord, for those who find themselves wandering, for those who find themselves hurting, for those who find themselves uncertain, may you renew their certainty and restore their faith. For those, Lord, whose journey's been, been consistent and walking on a great road, Lord, maybe 
Maybe perhaps it's a time to say, hey, I've got something else in mind. Help us to listen. Help us to hear. Help us to follow. Help us to walk in faith. In your precious name I pray. Amen.